0: Hey guys, welcome back to Dadville. This is Dave. This is John. And uh, we're really glad you're here. Our our guest today is one of our longest friends. Um, We both have known Ben Rector for a really long time. We talk about that in the uh, podcast, kind of getting... When we each met him... I mean, he was a young buck. I mean... For both of us, we met him when he was in college.
1: Well, and I met him, which we talk about in the interview, I met him before I remember meeting him. Yeah. I mean, it was that truly... Was was, he in...
0: He was in college. Yeah, he was in college. Yeah. 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 But Ben, you know, I'm sure you guys know his music. He is so insanely talented. One of the things that John and I were just saying before we started recording about this interview, it was really funny, is Ben is by far... If you look at everything in Ben's life, like his music and his personality... Um, he is so succinct. Like Ben has a way of consolidating his thoughts and songs and lyrics and music into very succinct, clear cut ideas. And, you know, interviewing him is so funny because one, he's got, you'll hear, he's like, he has a way of saying the most effective thing. The quick, it's a, he's a Tom Petty of conversation. You know, he's like, Ooh, he's really good at just that's sort a of, good saying. Way of saying. Um, yeah. Um,
1: it's the opposite of me. I
0: was going to say literally John. Give me. I,
1: the way that you and I are the same is we're going to talk for the same amount of time. Now now where we differ is the amount of words that we say. But I'm still going to take all the time. That is amazing. Ben, the thing that makes me jealous about Ben is that he he will he will say his answer in about 5 seconds. After I just laughing. gave my fifteen minute answer, and his is like, "Yes, that's a better answer." He's like, he's all headlines,
0: but it sums up the uh, whole article. Oh man, that's that's really good. That guy, you really, got, you really got me there. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's, and it's so sweet to hear him talk about his family too. Because it's he has an answer which we won't give it away, but I think it's one of my favorite things someone has said on the podcast. We ask him about how he felt having, having Jane for the first time and just having kids. And it's so beautiful and, again, shows his yeah. ability to sort of for summation of, of ideas. But um, uh, we, we do love Ben. This was such a fun, fun, fun episode. Um, and he's got a bunch of new music out, too, if you're listening to go check out. Uh, so make sure to peep those, too. We loved it. Ben, thank you so much for coming
1: on. And everybody, enjoy your time, Dad. Dun, 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 dun. That is a mustache that can unite a nation. My goodness,
0: it's an aggressive mustache. I'm tired of it. I've known you a long time, Ben. I don't know, and I'm not being facetious when I say this. I don't know that I've ever been prouder than when you decided to let that mustache be a part of your promo picture. <laughs> yes, you just that, were. Like, that was
1: that was a turning point. I think Greg, for all musicians, my manager Greg
2: was and it was a great idea. He was like, we really got to get some new promo pictures. Cause I haven't had any for a long time. And we're doing this push with the Thanksgiving song, the Christmas album. And I was like, yeah, we should get some more pictures. And he was like, are you going to keep the mustache? And I was like, <laughs> I think I am. And he was like, all right, this time in your life, like, I think that's fine. But I'm, I'm glad I did it
0: just cause I'll always be able to look back and be like 2020. What was I thinking? You really sure. nail it. But I think especially the look you have in that picture, everybody knows they're like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> It's a full acknowledgement, yeah. Of
1: everything oh, that's going on. I think the real reality is I always I don't I
2: don't dress really cool, and I don't like dressing. I don't like dressing up in a weird way. The mustache is just a little accessory that takes me yeah. out of like I'm your financial planner realm. People are just enough like what's that guy's deal? Because when I don't have a mustache, just like that guy's deal is the rest of me not musician. He went to the University of Arkansas. And you got a business degree. Full stop. And the mustache is like, but there's just something else going on,
1: <laughs> right? It, but it doesn't. Must- it doesn't provide information. It just nope. eliminates something. <laughs> it's it's just like it's just enough to where people are like that's a
2: choice. I'd like to know more about what's behind that. <laughs> it's sort choice. of
0: like it's sort of like the fullback to the running back of your of your career. <laughs> it sort of opens this hole in conversation and be like, oh no, okay, with the mustache it makes sense. You could do music. Totally.
2: Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, we forever like when we were in a van touring forever, uh, it seemed like people thought I was like the tour manager when we would go anywhere.
0: You know, one of the great I don't know if y'all have had this problem, but one of the uh, my manager forever and still a dear friend of mine, Chris Detray, one of the most frustrating things about having him as a manager for the 14 years we worked together is he is a really good looking guy and he's always well dressed and cool and cool hair. And so we walked in a lot of venues <laughs> and they would walk over to him and be like, so what kind of setup are you doing tonight? Like, what's the, what kind of vocals are you doing? And he'd be like, oh no, I'm the manager. And they'd look at me and be like, oh, are you the artist? And I was always like, Ugh. Yeah. Story of my life. Well, and I think, you know, yours is the accountant, Ben. Mine is the youth director. That's kind of what I feel like. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm like the sort of hip youth, youth guy, you know, like the guy who's like try, just barely keeping it relevant. You know oh,
2: yeah I, I feel like I could win a contest of uh, like a hundred strangers who would you get the most <laughs> wrong about what they do just by looking at them I would I would
1: I would sweep the table of that contest you know well, what I though. feel like I'm always like the artist's little brother who's on spring break and oh no, you're, you're, you're like you know? oh I'm
2: sorry I thought you were a swimsuit model oh you're a musician wow so sorry to confuse those two things.
0: Right. Yeah, that it's, happens it's, to me all the time. I bet it does. I've been with John a lot, and people, are like, excuse me, sir, are you a swimsuit model? And he's like, Look, I'm just trying to get some barbecue potato chips at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just let a guy shop in Kroger without an obscene comment? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I will That's say tough. this, and then we'll and then we we're all have our crosses to bear, guys. <laughs> we do. Has the episode started? Are we in it? I mean, we're we're recording. We're having. We're part. actually okay. almost <laughs> done.
1: <laughs> so Let's wrap right. up
0: that we're, we're toward the end so to close um, out <laughs> <laughs> no, no but I feel like I don't know if y'all feel this but to y'all's point I feel like I could actually get a pretty good amount of people in Nashville together Ben that would be along those lines like yeah, like I think guys, that's right. you, you know what I mean like th- yep. there are a lot of really cool looking people in Nashville but there's also a pretty respectable amount of people that you're like you could do my taxes or you could put on a really great show and I don't know. Yeah. Especially the longer you've been here. Do you know what I mean? Because I think everybody has that, or I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people sort of enter the Nashville stratosphere with kind of like, you know, and not everybody does, but most people kind of have some little thing they try to do to kind of stick them out of the pack and everybody's like, but then at just some point, like 10 years in, five years in, you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, this is what I like to wear. Deal with it. And I go through phases where I
1: have kind of like some cool clothes And I'll be like, you know what? No, I am going to get up. I'm going to shower every morning. I'm going to put this on, even though it's not that comfortable. And it tends to happen after I, I run into Matt Carney. Then for like (laughs) a couple, a couple days after that, I'll be like, you know what? I, yes, I have to do more on social media. I got
0: to just wear those jeans. And then three days later, I'm like,
1: no, I'm just not going to do it.
0: Yeah. Those outlier guys drive me nuts. And Carney is absolutely one of those words is kind of like that words. Yeah. Even when words is trying to dress down, he looks kind of cool. Yeah. And totally. those guys drive me crazy. I'm like, just everybody chill out. Like everybody chill out.
2: Yeah. My issue is I just don't, I don't know if it's that I don't care enough about it or that I'm not good at it. I really don't know which it is.
0: I think it's both
2: for me. probably probably is. Cause like when we had the twins, literally man, I bought like, five of the same shirt and i have these bonobos shorts i wore that Uh every day and at no point not one point was i like gosh i wish i was wearing something else i was literally just like i this is just like i have clothing on and like
0: (laughs) that's it i'm good yeah do you ever wonder though of hillary i think about this with annie because you know hillary's so cute amy's so cute it's like So they're just going to look good anyway because they're just – they're beautiful women. But, you know, like it's rare that Annie's just schlepping it uh, every – like for two or three days in a row. She may have a day where she's like, I'm just not going to get all dudded up. And it's not like she's putting on her makeup every day. That's not what I mean. But it doesn't take a lot for her to look really pretty and cute or whatever. And then I'm like, at some point, she's going to sit down with me and be like, look, just a little – just a little more effort would mean a lot. It would just (laughs) show that you're trying – I mean, do y'all ever feel like that? I have, that's my only thing. about Because I, I mean, John, the, the other problem with living across from John, I mean, Ben, you were just down the street until a few months ago, is that you see people. If I knew I wasn't going to see anybody, that's not yeah. even a thought. Right. But I know that I'm going to walk out and John's going to go, he literally wore that three days in a row. Like, this is the yeah. third day i have seeing No, baby. but he, here's the problem,
1: though. I don't notice it. And that's why we wear the same things. Because, Ben, I could see you. Twenty times in a row, and you could have the same thing on each time, and I don't think I would notice. Yeah, I literally don't. But I do think about what you're saying, Dave. Like Amy and I went on a date a couple nights ago, and when I think about it the most is on those nights when I go for the same button down, and I'm gonna wear these jeans, and I'm gonna wear the boots, and that's that's my like doing it up outfit. Yeah, and it's the same outfit that I wore. On our anniversary night, on our like every any special occasion, like if either one of you guys were to renew your vows, I would wear that to the mm-hmm. the ceremony. You know, that's all you need
2: though. And I, I should go on record saying I would like to feel like kind of put together. I just don't. I don't feel any desire to have uh, variation. Like I want to just, I want to wear the same thing every day. And I want it to be like, Oh, okay. That's like, that's a thing that, you know, you look fine. I just don't have any desire to ever have to pick anything out. That really stresses me out. I just want to like, be like, literally wear a uniform. That's what I want.
0: You know, the, the biggest thing that gets thrown in my plans is like for some of my country music artist friends, like in particular, there's one party that a friend of mine throws every year around Christmas and it's always really fun and it's three or four couples and we've done it every year,
1: it's but Tim one McGraw, of the guys right.
0: it's right about <laughs> it, his, his, his name rhymes with rim McDaw, and um <laughs> and I will show up any and I any has started to make fun of me because I get so anxious the hour before we leave as I get ready because he always looks amazing because he's got nine thousand pairs of clothes from the road. And so he just brings those clothes home and they're all, and they look awesome. Like he has a stylist and they, and so he'll walk into the room and you're always like, dude, good who, Lord. Like, who is this person? It's, um, Dave hey Daywood, you know, and I'm like, but you got this cheat code because you've got a, wardrobe like literally like and i get so insecure every time we show up to their house to have this dinner <laughs> because i will try to find pictures of me from the year before to make sure i don't wear because <laughs> 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 i'm like i know they're gonna look at the photos and be like mm, honey did you see no it's the same shirt it is do you think they're okay is everything okay? We should talk to him. <laughs> you know, I'm just so because every they just have a million looks and boots and belts and and I'm like God. I'm almost a hundred percent sure I wore this not last year, but the two years in a row. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing that stresses me out. Yeah. Okay, guys, we are excited today to have one of our dear friends. This is almost like this is almost like the triad of our friendship in some ways. Uh, we've known this gentleman, John. How long have you known Ben? I think we
1: met. Dan, you and I met on Baylor's campus in 2009, December 2009. Am I right on that?
2: Well, what actually happened was I opened for you, I think maybe at Harding or somewhere else, a university in Arkansas when I was in college and we didn't really get to talk. You were very kind, super kind, but like... I was sound checking, and I was like, "I'll play a Gabe Dixon song. Maybe John will notice me." Uh, and I, I, I remember, I saw you from like across the quad. You were on the phone, and you did stop and turn around. And you were, you were nice. Like after sound check, you were like, "Hey, man, sounds great." And I was like, "Totally." Uh. But I, I met, I met you for like a couple minutes in college, and you went above and beyond for what any a uh, person would need to do for an opener, but there's no reason you would remember that because it was probably like stop 17 on your oh, places. Of, I, uh, what,
1: so what year would I that have been? I don't remember that. It was early. But that makes me so uncomfortable whenever somebody recalls something that I don't remember.
2: Well, but John, I mean.
1: Especially if it's on the road. I feel like, especially not if it's
2: on the road, you're probably just like, yeah, why would you have remembered that show? You played a ton of shows. I remember it because I was such a huge fan and was like, I'm opening for Dijon McLaughlin. Oh my gosh. And for you, it was just like, oh, like this kid's pretty good, I guess. And like, and after this, I'm going to do this again. At infinitum, and nice to meet you. Right, uh, right. But so I, I did. I met you uh, once, very briefly, and I wouldn't even say it was like a. I didn't. I met you. You did not meet me. You were like very. <laughs> and, but I, I, I say that in the. I'm being real. I say that yeah. with no like. It wasn't like John. You weren't that nice. You were nicer than you needed to be. But there's just no reason you would remember that. So we met then, and then we met met on Baylor's campus. Playing yeah, potentially the coldest show. That's of all so
1: funny. Time. We've never talked about that before, but I remember the Baylor campus one particularly because that was a moment where a I was sick at that show. I remember so that. I felt horrible, and it was freezing outside. Uh, My honest assessment of the temperature is
2: that it was below forty degrees.
1: <laughs> Had to have been. I I remember I was miserable because I didn't bring anything warm, and I was sick, and I remember being out in the crowd while you were playing. And I remember
0: thinking, wow, this kid's really good.
2: Oh, thank you, John. That was my moment.
0: Genuinely. So hold on. So that's 2009. When was the first, when was the Harding? To John's credit,
2: honestly, it may not have been Harding. It was just some college in Arkansas. uh, And I don't remember
1: what year that was. Let's say it was Harvard. It was Harvard. That was it. Yeah. Harvey.
2: I think it was, I bet it was 2007. Two thousand six.
0: That's me. A total. It could have been two thousand nine. I have no idea. I just remember the first show we did together was it was like an amphitheater, wasn't it? It was like an outdoor amphitheater. Yes, it was. Um,
2: it was at the University of Arkansas at the Greek Theater. And you asked me, I think honestly, just being nice, like, Hey, is there any places we should check out to eat? And I gave you way too much detail and way too many options. <laughs> and now in, in hindsight, I totally see that what you're really doing is just like wanting to include, you're just like, Hey man, like what's up. And I was just basically like, I'll tell you everything. You got to go here. You got to get this. I, I wanted you to get this crazy dessert called the chocolate mess which is like fudge they like take a large like glass and they dip it in like peanut butter fudge and then fill it with ice cream and so Uh, i didn't know anything about touring i was probably like dude you gotta get the peanut butter (laughs) chocolate mess and in hindsight it's like you would never eat that before show ever (laughs) hey hey guys my name is dave Uh, Barnes. thanks for having me you were that really kind to include me in that. And I was just like excited. I was like, oh, here's everything. Do you remember what year that would have been?
0: Were you in I school? You, I was in school, but I don't remember. If I remember right, I think you were a sophomore. So that I don't know right. what year that was. Because I remember you weren't a freshman because I you, you, I remember hearing you play. And I was like, oh, geez, how old is this guy? And I think they were like, <laughs> oh, he's a sophomore. I was like, dadgummit. I remember too, you know what I remember about that show is one, just being like, wow, this is a very put together situation. This isn't like, Hey, I'm opening for you tonight. I play it young life and check me out. It was like, Whoa. And then I remember your drummer was like really good. I don't know why I remember that.
2: Yep. That was, that was my, uh, high school, uh, growing up best friend and he played drums with me too. That's he's from the song old friends. That's Wiley and John, your drummer Chad Kenner played with you at that college show and I was like, he's like a right-handed Chris Wiley. I told Wiley about it. Oh
0: yeah. I was like, wow, that that's a really good little setup and that drummer's great. I remember that (laughs) night. That was like the beginning of like, oh, there's young people that are good. This is not a good This is the beginning of the end. Uh, I saw the future and it was not good for me. So Ben, I, w- w- how we start this, and this is always like one of our favorite moments of the show, is we is we we call these the brag sheets. We sort of read like the brag sheet on you. Oh, no. um, and it's always Can fun. Can I just take sort of... my
2: headphones off for this?
0: <laughs> that's that's actually part of the joy is just watching people squirm. But I'm going to read it. Uh, here we go. Ben is amassed, which amassed. It's such a amassed. great way to start. A, um, we gotta, uh, almost...
2: whoever, whoever wrote that, we got to change that language already. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's starting with a near cursor. I'm taking a screenshot of this right now. It's starting with a near cursor. Okay. Ben has amassed over a billion streams across all platforms. I'm gonna read that again. Ben has amassed over a billion. That's with a B folks, like boy, billion streams across all platforms. Played live with Jimmy Kimmel, Conan, The Today Show, and more. Had his music featured in over 100... Te- Is that true? That's a lie. 100 TV shows? I think it's true. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've watched... Well, it's,
2: it's I think it's accumulatively like TV shows and ads
0: and movies and stuff. Good Lord, 100 I mean, might,
2: TV shows. I don't know. They might have fudged it a little bit. There's probably <laughs> was, a bunch of
0: small stuff. It was probably Anybody like, that writes a mast, I don't trust. So we'll, we'll yeah. just keep reading. we <laughs> <up>. already suspect. <laughs> <laughs> 100 TV shows, ads, and films including Pretty Little Liars and Castle hit the number one spot on Billboard's U.S. Folk chart and number nine spot on the top 200. That's insane. Sold mm-hmm. out three consecutive nights at the legendary Ryman Auditorium as well as countless other theaters and arenas across the country. Okay, so this is what I always love to ask. How do you feel hearing that? Like now is a is a someone who's into your career, hmm. you know, whatever. How, how does it make you feel hearing all that?
2: Uh I think my honest answer is I makes me feel like, "Oh, that's really cool. I'm so glad that I've gotten to do that." And then it's immediately like is that like really good or kind of good or not that good? <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. Like Drake's got a billion streams on like one of his songs. So I I don't know. I it my I think I I feel peaceful about it. I'm like, that's awesome. And then I'm a little bit like, should I be like really proud or not that proud? I don't know.
0: Mm. Yeah. How do you think 15 year old Ben would, would feel if I read that to him?
2: Flip out. Just be like, (laughs) no way. (laughs) 15, 15 year old Ben, I was like barely playing the guitar maybe. And it would be like, are you, did you get that mixed up with someone? Like, yeah, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like singing yet.
1: So I think he would be very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surpr- I, mine would be the same. So, I'm so, happy so- to hear you say that because I feel like it's hard. It's so hard for anybody, like everyone that we read their brag sheet and it's always uncomfortable for them. Sure. It, yeah. But I feel like you in particular, knowing you as a person, you are, you are very quick to dismiss like you you've got to be most uncomfortable out of all of our guests hearing your brag sheet that's just how you are yep but i'm glad to hear like as i'm reading or hearing dave read that i'm i'm like i hope this is amazing i hope ben can take this in on some level you know so at, at, just as a friend i just want to say i'm genuinely
0: happy to hear you say that thank you i appreciate
2: that yeah it's nice to yeah, i you. agree
0: Let's go back. So you talked about Wiley, you talked about uh, University of Arkansas, but let's go before that. So tell us about where you grew up. Where are you from?
2: I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, It is a wonderful place. Uh, I miss it. And it's a great place to grow up yeah that's that's it my family before they were in Tulsa was in a really small town in Oklahoma called El Reno I think I want to say it's like 16,000 people maybe it's like what people do there involves uh cattle they're like this that's that's what everybody does (laughs) all the activities
0: is that what El Reno is Spanish
1: for Uh,
2: the people joke it's Spanish for the Reno um (laughs) that's like like the joke but so uh my sisters are older than I am so El Reno is like a part of their life and we moved when I was two so it wasn't really but so moved from there to Tulsa and that's where they've been uh my parents have been ever since and then I went to the University of Arkansas and then I was in Nashville and now I'm doing this podcast so
1: (laughs) (laughs) so what did uh what did mom and dad do growing up uh
2: so my dad is was a banker worked at banks and my mom was a psychologist part-time mondays and thursdays she was a psychologist and then the rest of the time she was a mom and that's it <laughs> they're both retired yes my, my mom still does it uh i guess my mom is not retired and my dad does not work for a bank anymore he like helps put together deals sometimes so he's not retired but he's not like um He's doing the consultant thing. Yeah, kinda. And he's so he's not like working at a bank full time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you you know what <laughs> one of my favorite joys in life, especially <laughs> is listening to people who are like our age or like grown up that's that's <laughs> Ah, uh, that still don't know what their dads do. <laughs> I mean, I can, I, can, I can give you more color on it. I just feel like the No, I just love cross. the flyover when you're like, he still puts puts deals together. I just thought like that's something <laughs> that not only a, a five-year-old says. But it's like, what's your dad do? He works at a bank and he puts deals together. It's I mean, like- I get... I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to give more color. He, no, that's great. That's great. 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 <laughs> I just don't want to get into the nuts and bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, right. I feel like I still talked. I was talking to somebody about this last week, and I was like, what does your dad do? And it was somebody my age, and they looked at me and the was like, I'm going to be really honest with you. I still don't really know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> i was like, it gives me a lot of weird, sick twists of joy. So, so what, what was Ben Rector like as a kid? Like, what were you like growing up in Tulsa? Uh,
2: so, when I was like n- elementary school aged, I was, uh, overweight. A lot of people find that comical and I like kind of wanted to be cool and wasn't cool, but I was a nice kid and I was, um, probably funny. Um, I played sports. I was not really, uh, into music in a special way. And, um,
1: yeah, that's probably it. I can picture you having the kind of humor in elementary school where you would kind of like say some dry comment that is hilarious and, but none of your peers get it, but it's hilarious. And it's just very silent and then they just walk away. I don't,
2: I don't have a clear memory of that. I do remember trying to be funny and occasionally people thinking I was funny, Yeah, but not like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if people, maybe but you weren't like the class clown. That
1: wasn't like your thing.
2: I wasn't I'm not full on class clown, like class clown
1: adjacent. <laughs> class clown like if the adjacent. class clown was absent that day, you're like, okay, I, I got to step up. Were you assistant you're to the, the
2: class clown? Assistant to the regional class clown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I don't know if people would have been like, Oh, Ben class clown.
0: Right. They, I don't know if they would have said that. They might've been like, Oh yeah. Funny guy what about the siblings? Like what, what, what are the sisters? Like where where are you falling in line with sort of like that, that world? Sure. Um,
2: my sisters are a lot older than I am. I was a surprise and my oldest sister is 10 years older and, uh, Hallie and then Lauren is seven years older than I am. Um, Hallie super, uh, awesome, very bright overachiever. If there was anything that could be won, she (laughs) won it. Oh, wow. We went to, she was the homecoming queen of Oklahoma State University, which is a large place. And she was also the top female graduate. We went to the ceremony and didn't know there was a winner. We were just like, oh, congrats. Like, it's a thing where they honor people. And they were like, and the top female graduate, Hallie Rector. And we were like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they calculate that. but she um, And just good at a lot of things and uh, a wonderful person, Lauren exceedingly bright, also good at a lot of things. She was really good at basketball, just like both overachievers. Um, yeah. And, and what wonderful people, not like, not like also with the dark side, like whatever. They're just like, right. if I'm <laughs> proud to be
0: related to them. If you met them, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, they're so great. They are wonderful. I, I like your sisters. I want to go on record as saying that also because I'm afraid they'd challenge you to basketball and beat me. What Um, <laughs> I'm always so fascinated by, by people who grew up, especially like yours, Ben, where the siblings are so much older, like what was the dynamic in your, in your house? Because they're one, they're both sisters. So you're the only boy, but two, they're, they're so much older, which is, you know, if you read any of those birth order books, they say that the, it resets, if there's a four year difference, it's like, it begins a new birth order. So you'd kind of be like a first child, even though you're third.
2: Right. And I think effectively, I don't know if I could have, um, like enunciated this then, but I think probably from that standpoint, I'm probably a mix of like youngest and only child because for the first part of my childhood, I was a youngest sibling. And then in the middle part of it, they weren't there anymore. They were like, Mm -hmm. Hallie was like doing life and Lauren was in college. And so like, I kind of was like the only person at home. Um, so yeah, and I'm, I'm not an expert in birth
0: order stuff, but like I, from what I know of it, that kind of makes sense. This is a really weird thing to say, but I realized God's got to be lonely because I was the oldest. And so I didn't experience that. I, I was the first to leave. And uh, it must be really tricky with, I mean, John, this is for you too. Like as a younger child, you see both siblings leave. And to your point, Ben, you had a really, I mean, John, you were six, I guess, right? Between you and, is that right? Six years? Or no. You yeah, were, my brother's
1: six years older and my sister's right in the middle, three years. Right. In
0: the okay, three years. So you had three where Ben, you would have had seven years, Yeah, which is crazy to think at home alone. It, it, was that tough? Was that something you enjoyed? And two, did the dynamic change with your parents? Um, three.
2: I don't remember it changing. And I think I don't, then it wasn't like, I wasn't looking through the lens of that. It was anything abnormal. And so I don't, I think I was just like, yeah, like my sister, Lauren went to college and Hallie's out of college and whatever. So I didn't, I don't think that I like observed it period. I was just like, that's what's yeah. happening. Um, in hindsight, I'm sure like, that was definitely a shift, but I don't know if I could, it was definitely unique, but like at the time I was just like, that's, and that is how old we are. So whatever. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was a sophomore in high school when my sister left and I feel like kind of like Ben, like you're saying, you don't really, you can like observe all this stuff as an adult looking back. And then it gives us lots of stuff to worry about as parents with our kids. But anytime I go back and think about some scenario that I was in, it's always the explanation like you're saying, Ben, it's like, well, I was fine. I was kind of like yeah. just doing my thing, which is a good reminder. Our kids are are not in a bad way, but they're like, they're in their own little world. It's like sort of self-absorbed, like, you know, they're fine. Totally. So what was the what was like the relationship with your dad like growing up? It was
2: great. Um, for one second, you said that so cold that I thought you were joking. Like, like, like you were doing like the, like, let's get deep. And then I was like, oh no, he's for sure really asking. It's so dry.
1: Um, Sorry, I rubbed my eye. It made, made me look like I was, uh, disconnected. I'm back. Emotionally I'm uh, okay, back. Sorry. Okay, okay. So what, what was the relationship with your dad? Like,
2: <laughs> oh, John, thanks for asking. No, it was really great. He was, uh, he is a great dad and a exceedingly just like honorable and sweet man was always really supportive i feel like i always knew that my dad uh and not in a way of like never was like puffing my ego up or something but was just like, you know i he was like you can do stuff i remember this is a great this kind of sums it up one summer I had a job being an umpire for like kids baseball and it wasn't like super competitive, but it was like kids actually playing baseball. I had to like wear umpire stuff. It was like a league and he would come watch me umpire. Oh, that's just like so sweet. And he'd like bring work and do whatever. But I was now looking back. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's the sweetest thing ever that he was just like, yeah, like you're out there doing this like i can like bring some work and do stuff and watch you um but just a great guy uh full of integrity i like
1: respected him a lot what were your things that you connected on was there a particular thing like was sports a big thing or umpiring i guess well no yeah both big umpire
2: fans <laughs> um <laughs> we we've always we've always just been into uh refereeing of sports and uh we pay close <laughs> right. attention to
1: that sure um he would get you he would jerseys get, he would get you just like black and white striped polos
2: yeah yeah <laughs> big on the zebra big on the zebra shirts sure no what's interesting and we didn't really bond on this then um and there i'm trying to think if there was like a thing there's not like one thing we did together or something but He used to listen to music, roll the windows down, listen to music. And the CDs that he had were at that point, I was not like super paying attention. I was like enjoying the music, but I was kind of like, this is just like kind of cheesy dad music, whatever. Um, And music wasn't a part of my life in that time where I was like, I'd rather be listening to whatever else. It was just like, yeah, like my dad listens to these things. But he had like Steve Winwood, Huey Lewis. Yeah. He had a John cicada CD. Yeah, he did. Um, but some of the stuff that he like the Huey Lewis, Steve Winwood stuff, I've come back around now to being like, that is like some of the best music ever. And like he's also not um he's a fan of music, but isn't doesn't like geek out on it. He's not like getting super deep on like I gotta go see Steve Winwood in concert. He just kind of was like, I like this music, so I'll listen to it. But isn't into it on a on a musical level, like not into instruments or things like that. But I thought it was interesting that he gravitated towards those things that I now really really love. Like if yeah. like Huey Lewis and Steve Winwood, I would like go somewhere to see them play. I actively love their music, so I thought that was interesting. And he was he listens to like old oldies radio at that point, which is what I listened to, Star One yeah. Three Point yeah. Three. <laughs>
0: Shout oh, yeah. out. <laughs> shout out. So th- this is one of the things that's so interesting because I-, I resonate with this. I know John has more of a music pedigree growing up because he's been playing, I think, piano in the womb. I know we can't prove that, but it definitely feels like mm-hmm. that. But Must But I think one nice. of the things that I-, I love about, yeah, no joke, that I love about your story too, Ben, is that there wasn't sort of a pedigree for music. Mm-hmm. You know, that it sort of came out of nowhere in some ways. W- when did you start getting into it?
2: I played piano as a little kid, kind of like other little kids do, but... I don't think I was more... It wasn't like, oh, man, like you're going places, kid. So I played and then quit after a while. Who
0: would say that to you, by the way? I'm always curious. Who would have been the person that says that? Says what? (laughs) You're going places, kid.
2: Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Would would that be a neighbor? you
0: you (laughs) run away from that guy. There was
2: no groundswell. There was not... It was not... (laughs) It was a thing that I did. That it was. Just, it wasn't a thing. I really.
0: feel like it's like the creepy guy at church who's kind of like, "You go, hey, you got something?" Like, oh, I didn't know you were <laughs> listening. He's like, "That's no, right. that sounds like an
2: agent more,
0: but <laughs> it does." Yeah, no, totally. no,
2: agent said that to me
1: either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that I, is fascinating to me, like the fact that you did piano as a kid as like millions of kids do but it was just the regular thing where like you you took your piano lessons and then it died out like it always does and yeah but then that you came back to it and it's such you're such a phenom on it and i I am not a
2: phenom on piano john don't don't you try to do that you're a phenom i'm not a phenom no but Um, you you
1: you write amazing music on the piano i mean that's such a part of your Creative process that's funny to me and fascinating to me that you that you did do it as a kid and and didn't have the interest for it and came back to it as an adult.
2: Yeah. And I did like when I did it as a kid, I did um I was never very good at reading music and I would play some stuff yeah. by ear, but I don't think anybody would have been like, whoa, dude, you're really good at this. So I quit. Um, just did other stuff, other kids' stuff. And then um, I went to a summer camp called canna and some of the counselors were like playing guitar and i was like that's pretty cool i also mm-hmm. randomly kind of played a little bit of guitar but in middle school i don't know really what that was about but i was kind of like yeah maybe i do fiddle around a guitar after canna i came home and i was like i think i'm into guitar now and like got into like dave matthews and like the you know pull out the list of like every kid in year 2000 um yeah and got into that and so i would say in high school is when i really started being into it enough to be like this is something that i do and played a lot of guitar didn't sing at all until maybe like i was a freshman in high school never thought like just didn't even think about it it's like if you didn't know you were really into knitting and then you got into knitting it's like did did you like knitting before that did you think you were going to be a knitter it's just like i just didn't think about knitting it wasn't a thing um and yeah i think like i saw some people like leading worship at that high school and i was like ooh, that's cool like maybe i could i was like really affected by that there's a guy came and sang had a great
0: voice and i was like dang that's awesome so then i was like maybe i'll try to sing did it sort of light a fire or was it something the more you did, you're like, I really enjoy this. Do you know what I mean? Cause I feel like
2: honestly, so the guy who came to the school and sang was named Ben Kilgore and he has a really powerful voice. I think that kind of shaped some of how I sang, cause I was probably emulating him, but really, really a strong voice. And it was like affected me in a deep way. I don't wow. know if that was like a, I don't know if it was just like, he was really good or maybe that was like some sort of, you know, cosmic, ordained thing where it's like you're gonna be really affected by this but that was like a formative moment for me and I was like whoa that like really like did something to me maybe I should try to do that which even saying that out loud is ridiculous like (laughs) with no singing background that I'd be like maybe I should try to do that yeah so I I don't know like it probably like lit a fire I guess
0: I don't know it was weird after that I was like I want to try to do that well, you know, one of the things that I love about that, again, because it does mirror my story so much, because it was just such an out of nowhere thing, is I think the encouragement that I have for anybody that's listening this one is like, you don't need a pedigree. You know, I think um, it doesn't need to be something. It, and then I love how you said this, like, it wasn't something that when you were a kid, somebody's like, whoa, you know, like you were good at it. And your mom and dad were probably like, oh, he's, he can play the piano. But it wasn't something like John you know, where his parents, I'm sure were like, honey, you need to get in here and see this, you know what I mean? It (laughs) where you don't have to be like a mutant at your instrument to do it later, which is encouraging. And I think especially for any parents listening to this, you know, if your kid pops up at 15 and suddenly has this passion for music, you know, it could really be a thing. It doesn't need to be something It's like, well, honey, you know, there's so many kids who have been doing this, you know, since infancy um, it's sort of an equal opportunity career, which I really love, you know? Totally.
1: Yeah. Which is, that's good for me to hear because I'm, I'm already fully stressed about like Lucas eight, you know, she's not taking lessons yet. Like <laughs> she's kind of interested, but she, I don't know. You know, like you it's, were playing so, pop, I think that's why I'm so, yeah. Which, which I don't want that for my kids either. I was really big on like, I don't want them to start music as early as i started music which is not like that's not all my parents i wanted to do it but i don't want them to have any kind of expectation Mm -hmm. going in i don't even want them to feel like well that's kind of my thing i'm nine years old and i'm i that's my thing i play piano you know yeah i don't want that but that's why i'm so fascinated then by the fact that you did do piano and then you stopped and then now here we are you know and your your music has now been in 100,000 <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, guys, I want to take a second to talk about one of the coolest additions to our podcast network. Our friend Matthew West has
0: started a brand new podcast called... Wait for it. The Matthew Let's West podcast. podcast. Man, that podcast name is so easy to remember and to the point and mm-hmm. not alive, which I appreciate because... It it really is. Mm, Thank you. Uh, It's been really fun to see his podcast grow with such interesting conversations with episodes featuring thought leaders, which is never going to be something that describes Mm -hmm. me, like Mark Hall from Casting Crowns, best-selling author Max Licato, and the lovely mother-daughter duo of Sadie and Corey Robertson. I really enjoyed his episode with
1: NBA star Cody Zeller. Mm, And the cool thing that Matthew is doing is listeners are taken behind the scenes in each episode for some powerful stories behind his music and what each guest has accomplished.
0: The MWP, or as we call it, the Matthew West Podcast, comes out every Wednesday.
1: Find it now on your favorite podcast platform, as well as all the other wonderful shows from the That Sounds Fun Network, including... Dadville!
0: so this is kind of random but i'd love to know this just as kind of a sidebar looking back now and and you know i'm not saying especially because if you're growing up that way and it's you know i, I feel like my best moments for myself are when i have this clarity of like oh my gosh i can't believe i get to do this because this wasn't in the story for me you know what i mean like i i kind of felt like i knew what the tra- trajectory was going to be and then god just kind of was like nope but um what what are your? This is a big one. This may take a second, but what are your favorite three musical moments up to this point? Oh wow! Well, um, you've said
1: two already because Harding University was one, and, they, and then, they, then meeting Baylor. Was the, was, the so can, <laughs> was the second. So if you can, let's just add, add three more, uh, and then the <laughs> podcast.
0: Yeah. Well then, so let's do six that be the total. Right, met, right. Dave,
2: Sorry. Dave, Dave is like okay. a three and a 3a situation so <laughs> um, favorite three musical uh memories one of them drew Holcomb and I played a show in outside of Auburn we were doing a tour together called the beat lives forever tour no big deal and this was a long time ago and we wanted to play in Auburn and there was not a good setup to play and so somehow I think through someone drew new someone had land outside of town and there was like, they said there was some kind of stage built and this was, I mean, we were very scrappy. So it was like, okay, like we could do this. And just like tell people it's 10 bucks and like, it could be the show in Auburn. Well, so we were on the tour and we get to the place and we immediately just like our spirits just sink because it is far away from Auburn. There is no cell coverage and it's way harder to get to than we thought. it's like one of the directions you like turn on a dirt road. It's like way out of town, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right, turn right on a dirt road for a while. And we were just like, Ooh. And this was the days when, do you remember when Facebook events were like a big deal? That's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You mm-hmm. kind of tell how many people were coming. We made a Facebook event and it was like, come to this show we paid for the sound rental to like come out to this guy's land. And so we're just like, this is going to be a bummer and this is going to be a loss. And we tried. Um, so sound check, go through the day of show things. And the green room was somehow like that guy's house. We are just like in his house and it's getting to be dusk. And we're like, let's just like go up to see if anybody's coming. It's like set on a hill. And so Drew and I walk up the hill and cause there's a couple cars like coming in and, uh, we walk up the hill and it was like field of dreams style <laughs> snaking <laughs> into the distance is just like an endless row of headlights. And we were just like, Oh my gosh. And so, uh, That's it was amazing. such a cool show. I think maybe at that time, Paul Steele was my manager and I think he maybe came and just like got money from people as they walked up maybe, or maybe somebody else did that. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but like such a cool moment and such a win for feeling like we took a risk and we were nervous. It wasn't going to work. And then it was just, it was a really cool moment to just be like, we're in the middle of nowhere and there's like this endless, and there was like dust kind of in the air because of all the cars and the dirt road. It was awesome. Um, that's one of them cool memory uh one of them would probably be um honestly maybe playing at the macy's thanksgiving day parade that was just mm. like such oh, a yeah. like yeah that's like such an american thing right. um and being on the float was really cool the actual performing part was not very cool i was on the north dakota float is north dakota where mount rushmore
1: is or is it south dakota I thought it was South Dakota, but I don't actually oh, know. I don't know that. That's so embarrassing.
2: I was on a, I was one of the Dakotas has a float. If you're listening, that float manager, I'm sorry that I don't know that. <laughs> but so they had these guys dressed up in, um, like the Mount Rushmore heads. They're like these huge, it's like as tall as the guys were probably maybe like half as tall as the guys were. And so the way the stage was set up, all the floats are just big trailers and they had like, they were standing behind me kind of off the trailer. Like it's like a little platform below the trailer. So all of their weight is like on one side of the trailer. The band is on the float. It's like very tall. We're like positioned around kind of Mount Rushmore. I am across the trailer from the Mount Rushmore guys. So we're playing brand new, an uptempo number. And so we get to where they film and it's super like, it's super hectic. They got to get you in and get you out. Cause it's live. And so like they're like putting a microphone in the stand and the stand is falling. So like I'm screwing the stand in more. And so then they start the music and it's like three, four, you're in. As soon as we started the Mount Rushmore guys were like, we're going to make this more of a thing and get some more energy. So they started jumping on the float <laughs> and the microphone is just beating my teeth into my head. I mean, it's like, it's like, I I, I am, I'm immediately like, this is bad. And it kind of hurts. <laughs> and so I'm also like trying not to think too much about like, I bet I look like an idiot. But so that part was like kind of nerve wracking. and was just like, and we, we're getting off the float. It's also anticlimactic. You, when you get done, they literally pull around the corner and a guy with a headset is just like, all right,
1: guys off the float. And it's just like,
2: and Party's that's over. it see you guys later which um, i'd like
1: to just say just stop and just point out the fact that if that <laughs> happened this thanksgiving you would be totally fine with that mustache <laughs> that would, thing could slam it would, in it as much as it wanted so and it would you. be totally fine
0: yeah right so isn't it always really cold during that thing it, it was pretty cold it was okay.
2: like okay. it wasn't like this is terrible but it was like would you it warmed my heart enough was well, it oh, was, it you. was pretty
0: cold. But so
2: the, the Mount Rushmore guys after that were like telling me, they're like, yo, do we really try to amp it up? We were like jumping around. <laughs> and I wanted to be like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Your teeth are bleeding. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it was enough that a couple strangers online were like, Whoa, that was like, I like searched my name on the plane home. And I was like, ah, it was kind of bad. But the actual experience of just that you drive the whole parade route and every one of the intersections is like, Literally like a hundred people deep and it was just, it felt like, uh, world war two had just ended or something. It was really cool. People like hanging out the windows, like yelling. So that's probably the second one. Third, um, one time in Atlanta, uh, we played at the tabernacle and it was the last show of that leg of the tour. And for that tour, we ended the show with like almost like a dance party where I would go into the crowd as a, which is a bad idea. And, um, I went into the crowd and it was just like an awesome show. Very raucous. People were like really into it. And the tabernacle is a great venue. Um, and so in, well, yeah, this is maybe not my favorite, just a cool story. (laughs) Uh, I got stuck people all crushed in and i couldn't get out and so they had to like lift me up and like crowd surf me towards the barricade uh i also my my tooth is still chipped because of this but they crushed in hard enough that the microphone like jammed into my face and chipped my tooth a little fireman uh, what do you call that yeah crowd surfed me out and the the bouncers had to like pull me over the barricade and Uh i remember just being like peace out and everybody was like "Ah!" Uh, but it was the whole show was a cool kind of like, wow, I can't believe this moment. Like we started the yeah. show out with um, a synth loop and it counted us in. It was like bump, 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 bump. And the crowd was loud enough that even through our in-ears, we couldn't hear the count. And so we were all just like looking at each other on the stage with like a little bit of backlight. We had like a cool lighting setup and we were like we're going to miss the cue cuz we can't hear it and the, it was it, it was just a cool moment that wow. show was like felt like a different uh level of excitement and i was like yeah. this is really cool so not not super cool chipping my tooth but um
1: a cool yeah i like, like how wow, two of happened. your three moments involved <laughs> two <Tooth laughs> yeah microphone violence
2: <laughs> yeah but i just i just say uh that that show at the tabernacle was like a cool like that's something i'll think about when i'm older and be like oh those days that was crazy
1: so I just have one question about music before we get into, you know, Dadville stuff and the interview actually starts. Okay, can <laughs> we start recording? Um, because I feel like that moment at the Tabernacle uh in the Macy's Day Parade, you know, is maybe another one that pertains to this. Like your I feel like your identity as a musician, correct me if I'm wrong, it, a lot of it is like this was not supposed to happen. Like I didn't see this coming. Yes. You know, there like you were saying there's no it's not like your dad is Stevie Winwood. Like this is, you know, your dad's in Oklahoma just kind of working on deals and envelopes and stuff like that <laughs> and then you become Ben Rector. So, I'm oh, sorry. Hold I'm, on. Hold on. Hold
0: on. Working on that. deals and I'll envelopes.
1: I assume envelopes are involved. I don't I don't know. I'm not a banker. Sometimes depends on the deal, John. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Kiko. So, is there any part of you like as you're at the Tabernacle in that moment? Is there any part of you that is thinking at a certain point you shed that identity? And I I wonder for you if I'm putting myself in your shoes, that would be a scary thought because it is it seems to have caused you to write a bunch of great songs from that angle like at a certain point are you like okay i i can't write from that angle anymore because that's not really the truth
2: no totally and i think honestly in writing this record it's been an interesting thing because i feel like a lot of my writing is either like introspective or like celebrates normal things or whatever and i they're definitely writing this record is like Figuring out how to come at that from an honest place, but also some of the things about my life are not normal anymore. Right. And to be fair, it's not like it's like, and then I'm Tom Cruise, I guess. And I just can't go anywhere. It's not like that. But I do think some of it is like, and I, I still am like, is this going to be my real life? Cause I kept thinking like, I'll do music and then I'll just stop doing music. Um, and now it's like, I guess I'll keep doing it for a little while longer. So, I would say this though, I don't think this is like a defense mechanism or me being like, ah, I don't want to like try because then what if I don't do good? Really and truly, I feel very at home and natural writing songs and singing and that kind of stuff. And even though I seem maybe natural on stage, that is just a very uh, intense And it's not an experience I seek out. Like the last time I performed in front of people and was not like rewarded for that, like monetarily or like was on TV or something like at a party, I would never perform ever. Like it would Uh, be like, Hey Ben play a song. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. Some of that is grounded, not just situationally where it's like, Whoa, it's crazy that I'm a musician. Never thought that would happen. Some of it is also because I'm very uncomfortable like doing some of my job,
0: which can I just say I, really quickly? Cause I think that's really profound when you say that. And what do you mean by that? Like some of it you're un, like, what are the parts that are so uncomfortable?
2: Yeah. I, I would say my like reaction to performing in front of people instead of being like on a fundamental level, instead of being like, check this out, everybody look out at how awesome I am. My internal reaction is more like, don't mess this up. Is like, oh man, I'm I'm losing this part of the audience, or like, oh yeah, we still have to play this song. And like sometimes it doesn't go that well. Oh my gosh. Like just fundamentally, instead of seeing the upside and seeing the like people think I'm cool, it's more like, oh gosh, like that's just like the way that I process that. And so because of that, it doesn't mean that it's a bad experience, but it's it's not like I just can't wait to get on stage. And a lot of my job is performing. And so that performance part um, still now feels a little bit like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Mm. I think some yep. people look forward to it. And I hate if I'm bursting any bubbles here, but I thought about this uh, this year. I've never one time woken up in the morning and been like, I get to play a show tonight. It's always like, <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. And so like, that's, that's the part yeah. to me that feels un- unnatural a little bit.
0: Well, you know, I'd say that only because this is a conversation John and I have a lot, like we talk about this a lot in our friendship is how I'm more like you are Ben and John is, is diametrically opposed. Like, and, and, and John will tell you both of us don't love the traveling part of it like we used to but john is like but once i get on stage i'm about to rock the mic i'm like Gosh, i dude. don't know if i've ever felt like well that, dude let me I let me let me, let me be so clear much. though
1: i don't feel that way that whole day i don't feel that way but once i mean leading up to a tour i am i am like petrified and and the day of the first show i am like what have we done Every single time, <laughs> every single <laughs> time, and literally, I'm side stage. I think that's, how, I think that's how everybody feels. Yeah, yeah, I'm side stage at that first show, and I'm like, "This is a mistake. I, I don't have it anymore. It's gone. Whatever, if I even had it to begin with." And then once the show starts, then yes, I'm like, "I love this so much," but I'm still, I'm, I would never be that guy at the party that's like, "Right, oh no, piano." Hey guys, can we turn the music down? You know,
0: I would never, ever do that. But, Oh my gosh. So watch, watch this transition here, Ben, you're going to be so impressed. So speaking of writing songs from that angle, watch where I'm going. Uh, you wrote love like this for Jane, for little sweet Jane, who may be the most beautiful child I've ever seen. Oh my God. Every time I see her, I kind of have like this weird sort of like, I want to make sure she's never hurt. And someone, her as soon as they can. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a dual feeling, but so you went there for her. What was it like having Jane? Like what was the entry into being a dad? Like for you,
2: I'll preface this with, I feel like what I feel as a dad is the most like uncomplicated thing that I've ever mm. felt. I feel like mm. so much, so many things I'm like, oh, I feel in the right way about this. Should I be enjoying this show more? What does that mean? Jane is just like, just I just want to be around her. I just like can't wait to get her up in the morning. Um, yeah, she is the best, and so I feel like the. Uh, you asked what the entry point was,
0: mm-hmm. or just like what was entry like into being a dad? You know,
2: I think at very first it's challenging, obviously, and I think I loved her, but not in the same way as I do now. So, like mm. Hillary and I joked, I don't know if this is insensitive or not that having a kid is like having an extreme pet at first where you're like, <laughs> "Extreme <pet>. Hey,
0: <laughs> and it's like,
2: <laughs> definitely we loved her. Definitely. We liked her, but, and I feel like this way about Roy and Bert now I love them, but I don't like truly know them yet. Like they're mm-hmm. so small right. mm-hmm. and like, yeah. when they smile, yeah. it makes me so happy. But when Jane started to like be a whole person and I don't know when exactly that transition was, but I remember being like, Because everybody, you know, the cliches you hear where you're just like, oh my gosh, like I'd do anything, whatever. It's like, I I mean, I totally would. But I feel like when she got a little bit older, I was just like, oh my gosh, all the cliches Mm. are true. I totally understand it. (laughs) Uh, I just, this is like, it's the best. So,
1: yeah. Mm. It only gets better and better. I mean, Luca and I took a trip to Chicago, just the two of us. Oh, man. Last summer, I think it was, I can't remember, but... And I feel like that was a real pivotal moment where I, I was like really in real time feeling a lot of the things that you're describing. Like she's like a little person now who has like these, you know, this little personality. We're like kind of friends now. We're like hanging, you know? Totally. yeah. And I feel like a lot of like to to speak to the moms and dads out there who are, it might be different for moms actually, not to get into it, but like for dads when you, have you first have a a little baby and you become a dad for the first time there is kind of this or i felt like this pressure to feel this real like divine connection right and it might not feel that way you know because you just don't really know them yet and you know and also you're the dad so you're sort of not really necessary for a while you know and
0: you're just kind of hanging around in the back holding a purse you know
2: yep yep so (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. That that. So from Jane now, and you have the twins, which we'll talk about the dudes here in a minute. But how do you parent differently, or wh- what is your parenting like compared to you, to your parents? Have you have you sort of thought about that? Like, are there things that you've done, not done, or?
2: Yeah, I. Th- I mean, I think some of it is. I probably would be able to answer that better if she was older, because I can't remember what it was like to be her yeah. age. But I do find myself. I feel like everything in life so far, before whatever it is happens, you're like, I understand this and I know how it goes. (laughs) You old people just don't get it. (laughs) And I feel like everything, when you get there, you're like, I get it. I totally get why things are, you know, the way they are, whatever. I don't have a lot of specifics where it's like, I'm gonna do this and this different than my parents did. I thought they did a great job as parents. But it's funny because I can already Uh, like she'll get home from like, uh, the preschool she goes to. And I'm like, I totally get it now. I I'm on the other side of like, just tell me something. What happened? Who did you talk to? Did anything funny happen? And it's literally like, I'm such a fan of you. I just want to know things. And it's like, oh, I get it. I totally get all that stuff. I don't know if there's anything specifically that I would do different or that I, you know, whatever, but I think more than anything, some of the stuff, like some of the parent tropes, you're like, yeah, totally. Or, you know, whatever Hillary and I are like really hard line on, if it's like, tell the truth or like, listen to mom and dad, whatever, choosing battles. And then sometimes you're like, no, we're going to, we're going to the mat on this. Like, and it's so funny. You're like, I'm such a, such a dad. Cause you're just like, (laughs) nope, we're going to talk about
1: this. You know what I mean? I, I feel like typically when you have your second kid, I feel like there's this cool thing that tends to happen, maybe not always, but for me, like when Livy came along, Luca and I, it was like Luca and I were together a lot because Livy was with Amy and, you know, so we just kind of naturally like form this stronger bond with Luca uh, or with the older one, but I don't know what it's like with twins. Like you're our first guest, I believe to have twins, also twins during COVID time, like has has that felt like that's your like that's what's happened like yeah you and Jane have really formed this closer bond
2: yes i i do feel like it so a couple people have said that um where it's like oh like when we had other kids i felt like i became you know i was kind of like managing the older kid or whatever i think it's it is somewhat like that the twins are more like full contact. So it's a little more like we're all just in it together. (laughs) But I definitely feel like even like later in Hillary's pregnancy and then early with the twins, the easiest thing that I can do to help out a lot of times is to like take Jane to do something. So it's like, we're going to go on a walk or a run or like run an errand or something. Um, And I do feel like we started being able to spend more time together, just us in the last I'll say six or seven months. And what's funny is like, I always look forward to it. Like for a while at the beginning of the pandemic um, and later on in in Hillary's pregnancy, every morning I would take Jane for a walk up by Belmont. We had like a route we did and I would like look forward to it every day just to like hear the funny stuff she would say or like, just get to like be with her. I did a bunch of stuff with her before we were pregnant with the twins but um or hillary was pregnant with the twins rather but i definitely feel like it increased because i that's the only way i was really able to give hillary a break
1: mm. i remember drew told this story where he um he was taking Amy Lou out to like on a daddy-daughter date or whatever and because we were t- i was asking how are they you know with mom do they only want to be with mom never want to be with dad Cause that's, that was my experience. And he was like, yeah, I took I, Amy Lou didn't want to go on the date, And I was like, she's kicking and screaming literally. And I'm like, we're going on this date. You will hang out with me. I'm your dad. <laughs> we are going to be friends. Is it what's it? That doesn't seem like it's the dynamic with no, you. guys.
2: No, no, there definitely is that. I feel like no knock on Jane. Totally get it. But most of the time, given the choice, she would want to hang out with Hillary. Like, Yeah, Every time I give her a bath and she, you know, it's like kind of the the witching hour and she's like a little more shambles than normal. It's like, all right, Jane, guess what it's time for? Looks at me. I want mom to do it. (laughs) It's like, Jane, it's me. Many times it is me, and it's like the first time every time. Like occasionally, she might be like, "Okay, cool." She's always like, "I want my mom to give me a bath." She says, "Take me a bath." She's like, "Can mom take me a bath?" And I'm like, "No, Jane." <laughs> she's so I'm English. I'm gonna take your bath. Yeah, <laughs> she's um, so English. She just likes doing stuff with anybody, really. Yeah. Like if one of you showed up at our house and was like, "Hey, Jane, do you want to hang out?" She'd be like, "Peace out, mom and dad." But so like, generally, if I'm like, "Hey, Jane, like let's go on a walk," she'll be like sick let's do it she wouldn't say sick let's do it but (laughs) she,
0: i was gonna be amazed if she did
2: oh man if she did that'd be awesome uh but i just generally given the choice she would choose to do something with hillary probably
0: yeah yeah what has surprised you about being a dad like what did you not see coming
2: i think real really just how uh at this point how uncomplicated it is it's just like I don't know what that is that I sometimes am like, ah, am I feeling this the right way? Or is this how most people feel about things? I feel like with Jane, it's just, I feel like I'm in the club, which is like, Mm. yeah, man, your kids Mm. are the best. Aren't they? It's like, absolutely. (laughs) Um, And I don't, I don't think I had a lot of like expectations. I expected it to be challenging, which it is, but I think the biggest deal is it just, Yeah, I'd probably that. And I guess maybe the challenging parts are really challenging, but you forget that you're doing it with your kids. I think I I was never imagining that. I was imagining like, gosh, this is going to be so hard. And you're like, well, yeah, because you only see it with other people's kids who, no offense, you don't love as much as your kids. Right. So if you're like, yeah, you got to like take care of these children, I'd be like, oof. I don't know, man. Terrible. I don't don't know if I'm cut out for that, but it's like, you have to take care of Jane. I'd be like, Oh, sweet. Like, I mean, that'll be hard, but like, yeah, I'd love to hang out with her. So I, you know, probably those two things.
0: How has it changed how you think about your career?
2: I think I was always when I started music because kind of what we talked about earlier, like some parts of it feel unnatural or like, uh, like not comfortable. I always was just, I thought I was going to like do it and then quit. Like for a long time, I was like, I'll probably stop this when I'm 30. I was just like, cause
1: I just can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, you are, you are like the only musician friend of mine. I think I would say that has always kind of had that mentality. I know. Like, everyone else is like, like Dave and I have talked about this on here before. When we've had some friends who have, they're not musicians anymore. They, they are a deal sealer now and it's just so we're like perplexed we're like what do you mean You're not, not, just
0: quick aside a deal sealer is very different from a seal dealer but i digress Go right totally. right
1: right same family though but yeah you've always had that and it's even compounded by the fact that you are so successful yet you still have this kind of mentality that like yeah this is you know for now this is kind of
0: what we're doing this is going to be story time with Dave for just a minute. This is one of my favorite moments of living on the street. I'm nervous. This was probably three or four years ago. Uh, now, what you need to know for context, listener, is that for a while, Paris Avenue was the most powerful music street <laughs> in Nashville. Um, uncontested. Oh, no, oh, yeah. John and I both lived on it. Ben was the OG to live on Paris. Um, oh, I was. actually. So, yeah you started that party which i have to say this too really 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 quick fun fact that i gotta add ben and i as we talked about met years and years ago when ben was thinking about moving to nashville he came and stayed this is before you and hillary were married came and stayed with annie and i for a couple nights to scout the joint like we had a couple talks i remember on the phone where you were like hey you know nashville tell me about it give me the pitch and so we kind of talked about it and he was like okay you know call me back what like a month later like hey Hill and I think we're gonna move there. And I was like, dude, I think it's a great decision. He said, but we're gonna come check out the city, you know, look at houses that cool if it crashes. You? So he he stayed with Annie and I at our duplex um on Melrose right off eighth. Uh, and I remember coming back, you're he like, hey, we found this great little place we're gonna rent. It's uh it's on Wallkirch. And I was like, Oh, that's great. So so he moves on to Wallkirch. Annie and I then move on to Wallkirch probably a year later, directly across from Ben. I <laughs> so, mean, tr-
2: truly, you could you could have thrown a baseball and <laughs> and hit, without much house.
0: effort like maybe no, like underhanded potentially like, a underhanded hard underhand like literally literally lived across the street so then ben and hillary move onto the street we live on now and i was like "Oh, great and then annie and i move on to the street that ben and hillary live so now now that you guys have moved again to complete it we just got to find where you live and then move across the street
2: come come just come just a little further <laughs> a little live, further live, live
0: with so, again. yeah so anyway one of the common occurrences of living on the street that we live on is it you know i see john and ben i would see them a lot and I just remember one afternoon, um, you were walking This is you didn't have, I think this may have been pre Jane and uh PJ as we call it. And I walked outside. I was like, Hey man, what's up? And I remember you looked at me. I don't even know that you said hello. And you just looked at me and you were deep in thought I could tell like, is everything okay? And you said, how much do you think they pay teachers at Belmont? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I just sort of stood there and I was like that is one of the most interesting intro to a conversation <laughs> that ever. and I said I don't know man you're like and you were just so and you were just sitting there for a minute you're like yeah and I was like uh, why are you asking me that and you're like I don't know man I'm just kind of I'm just thinking about it you know like what would it be like <laughs> if I was a teacher at Belmont and I was like Oh, yeah, totally. And I remember we sat there and we talked for probably thirty minutes, and you were really, really like. And I'd say that I tell that story is one of my favorite things about you is there's always been sort of an exit strategy in emergency break glass situation. And I just remember that afternoon. I came inside and he was like, "How's Ben?" I was like, "I think he's okay." I was like, I'm not 100 sure. Oh. Like I think you had just played the ryman for the first. It was like everything was just on a hugely upward slant, and you're like really debating. Yeah, okay, I could probably, I could probably still get a gig at Belmont, teaching. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. As I've gotten older, I feel like I've learned better what the things that like are stressful are, and how I can like mitigate yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think at the core. For a long time, I wrestled with it and I was like, maybe I secretly enjoy this a lot and I'm just not like doing it very well. And at the core of it, I'm just like, no, some parts of this just really stress me out. I think for a long time, I was like, I don't know if that's healthy. Maybe I'm like actually like doing weird jujitsu in my head. And now it's just like, no, I think like I can make it a little more comfortable and a little less intense, but there's always some of it that's just going to be, yeah, it's just going to be that way. Yeah. I deeply love music and that I get to do it, just this specific manifestation of it is intense for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, do you think with the kids, alleviate is not the right word, but it's changed how you think about it? I think I would have thought that having
2: kids would like super expedite the like, okay, I'm going to slow down. And in a weird way, for whatever reason, and I haven't like talked about this a lot, but I feel a weird, like, I want my kids to be proud of me. Like I want, Mm. I want to be like, Oh dad!" Like sweet. And not necessarily in like a selling out stadiums, but like, I think it will be good for them to see me doing work of some kind. And I think like it's re-energized me in a way where like, I think it's good for them to see people being like, "Hey, like I'm working hard at this, and it's special, and I love it, and I'm almost just like, I don't think I want to be, like, what does your dad do? It's like, oh, like he used to be a musician, and now he just like plays golf, I
0: guess. Like he teaches songwriting. Right?
2: right? No, I mean honestly, that would be awesome if I was into it. But like, I think I'm more like, oh, I, I I want, uh, and it definitely changes probably what i would be willing to do like if it was like hey like can you play 325 shows this year i'd be like i can't i can't do that but in a weird way i thought it would pull me back a little bit and be like okay now i'm really slowing down and in a weird way i'm like oh like they're so young and like i can still do stuff and i would love for them to be like yeah like my dad really cared about that. You know what I mean? I anticipated it totally being like, okay, okay, now we're really shutting this thing down. And now it's more like, oh no, we can't shut this thing down. Cause I'm just going to be like a 34 year old dad who doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? I don't want to do yeah, that. I
0: love I that. Know. I think that's so, I want to be careful about how it says, cause I don't want to be misconstrued, but I, I do feel like before we had kids, um, there was a little bit of listlessness to me. Like I did feel this kind of like, is this what life is? That was a lot of things happening at the same time with my career and whatever, whatever. But it is funny that kids, as you said, they have this way of recentering a lot of things. But I love how you put it, Ben. I think that's so endearing and so so sweet because it's like you do, you know, it is fun to have your kids see up their playing and for you to feel like this pride and them being like, Look, daddy's up there doing it. That's I love that. That's really profound.
1: Well, I also think that it's cool, like it sort of takes the the importance of it away in a really healthy way cuz you get up on stage and you have you know people who paid money to come sit and watch you and you're just there's there's like an absurdness to that and also a weird like we I think we're all uncomfortable with this like sort of self-centeredness of it but then you have kids and that obviously like just I love the way that you said that Ben like it's the least complicated thing in my life I t- 100% agree. It's like this thing that it's like, okay, now this is my number one on this earth. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what is important. So now when I go and get up on stage, it's it's almost like the after party. It's like, well, this is great now. Like, I can totally. just love this in a sort of like uh, freer way, you know? Totally. I wanted to ask though, does Jane know about her song like does she is she at the point now where she can sit and listen to it and she knows that's her song because it is such a great song thanks so. i much. love that song thank you and the the bridge on that song that one line is i just connect with that song so much i wonder if she's got to that point yet where she sort of can conceptualize what her dad just did for her you know
2: she doesn't have a super deep knowledge of my catalog. Um, sure. though she sure. does often request, She's like,
1: I, I like the early stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, dead, dead. you were kind of killing it,
2: yeah. Uh, so but she requests listening to my music often, which I do not always go with. I'm just like, we should listen to some other stuff, but. There's a song on the upcoming record. This is not a plug. I don't know when it's going to come out, but I was listening to... No, this is great.
1: You're such a pro at this. I love how you (laughs) slid that in. Well, it
2: brings (laughs) us around to the... uh... No. No, I was listening to mixes and there is a song that... It's called Daughter that is just like, Mm. for sure, just like that's what that's about. And she realized that and now for a long time, just any time we were in the car, no matter what, can we listen to the Janie song? I want to listen to the Janie oh, song. Oh, Just like, I love
1: that she calls it that.
2: And dude, I mean, uh, to, to a point where I was like, I don't want to listen to it anymore. Like we can't
1: listen You're to like, it because it's not even going to gonna make the record anymore right? because no, I'm I mean, so but, sick of the song.
2: But for real, like probably listen to it. 50 times and after a while i was like okay jane like we got to listen to something else because she would just want to listen to it again and again and again so uh i'd say she she doesn't know about love like this she does know about the Janie song and wants to listen to it often
0: you know i, I have this weird fear john and i've laughed about this of like because my kids it may i could cry literally saying this but they love to listen to my music like they love it and i think there's a pride you know what i mean i think especially with ben who's eight he's kind of like My dad, you know, this song, but I'm like, I'm so terrified that they're gonna have the worst taste of music because, like, they didn't they didn't get exposed to the Beatles or Stevie Wonder or Steve Winwood when they should. Because they're like, like, I have these weird things where I'm like, I can see them in college. They're all hanging out in some room, and some guy's got like a record player. It's ten years from now, whatever, and he's like, Dude, have you heard this record? And he's like, Yeah, you guys heard my dad stuff. And they're like, like, who's your dad? You know, like and they're like, dude, just listen to someone. And they're like, I mean, it's okay. He's like, okay. This is the best music ever made. You know, he influenced the monkeys, who influenced the Beatles. But it's like uh you know, that's, that's one of my big fears is they're just going to be so tied up in my, so I'm with you, Ben. I try to push really hard against it. I'm like, no, let's listen to Abbey Road. Like, dad, I just want to listen to that new song you're working on. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's like a huge fear. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like you have a dad superpower?
2: I don't. Although I do feel like my entire life, I've been practicing bad dad jokes. Okay. Yeah. And so now I can make them unashamedly like kind of bad puns or like that sort of stuff. Always been a big fan of that.
1: And so I don't, I don't even know if I'm especially good at it. That's the great thing about dad jokes. You don't, you can be good or you cannot be good and it's, you're still good. Exactly. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> that's the trick. So
2: I don't know if I could say it's a superpower, um, but that's the closest thing. I don't really feel like I have like dad strength yet, um oral man strength I just have like person strength I'm trying to think of what else there would be I'm not especially good at fixing things Or like,
0: But do you have like some intuition with them You know like you're like I can actually make my kids laugh all the time Or I'm really good at putting them to bed Or I have when uh When Janie takes her baths I'm very good at like speed bathing Like is there anything that Hillary ever looks at you and she's like You kind of crushed that world Or she's like no you're better at this than I am
2: not a lot of praise, I guess. No, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what that would be. I don't know. I don't. This is this this is preying on a uh, something I'm not good at, which is bragging on myself. So I'm gonna I'm probably just gonna be like, I don't know, probably nothing. Um, I feel like I'm good at hanging out with Jane. I'm reasonably good at that. I don't know if that's superpower.
0: No, it is. I'm not trying to be cheesy, but that is hard for me sometimes. Totally. So I think hanging it, is, it is, is a gift. Yeah. That's, yes, she's so chatty um, and way too cute. I can't ever focus on what she's saying. Um, I get lost. <laughs> so, if you could, uh,
1: if you could take your kids back to a moment in your childhood, this is this is actually a question that uh, a fan wrote in that we thought was so good that I want to ask it again. If if there's a moment that you could take your kids back to to see in your childhood, what would that be?
2: Wow. That's deep. I feel like I need to like, right. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to think too much about it. I just want to, I would give you an answer not give the perfect answer, but man, I always wanted to meet my parents like when they were like late mm. teenagers, just to see what they were like. Cause I feel like in some ways, you know, your family super well. And in some ways you don't like know them at all almost. Cause you're like, wow. Oh, like I want to see the not, Like, what are you like as not my dad or not my mom, just like as a person? So I might say like when they are older, I would love for them to meet me as like a young college or late high school person. Mm. Just, I, and I wonder if they'd be like, Oh, that's exactly you. Or if you're like you were more whatever, (laughs) but I, I, I always wanted to meet my parents in that sense. Mm. Uh, but there's not like a formative moment I could think of to be like, you guys got to see this.
0: Dude, how profound what you just, I can't stop thinking about that, that, about our parents like that is profound i know you said it even just moving through there but that you know them really well and don't know them at all that's such a good way to think about that that's so true kudos to
2: hillary's mom said that one time and i was like whoa deep knowledge because i think that's right in a a weird way it's like you know them the best of anybody and there's also parts of them that you almost like don't know at all because it's all. all like
0: i feel like so many times you run into somebody they knew from growing up college and they'll say something, and you're like, "You had a motorcycle? Like, yeah, I was like in a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. gang, and that was when I was smoking. You're like, you smoked,
1: right? right you but know, what about just... Dad? Was Dad
0: in the gang too? <laughs> <laughs> well played, oh John. God. That was a great grab. That and was really scene. good. I agree, Vin. That's that would be a fun season to see if they're like, to your point, like. Oh, you're exactly what I thought you'd be like. Then totally, or yeah. not, not anything at all yeah. like that. So, so these are these are our last few questions. These are like kind of the speed round. If you had to pick a moment to go back to, not to do it differently, but just to relive it exactly as it was with your kids, what would it be?
2: Uh, Hillary and Jane and I, before the boys went to Encinitas for a while in the winter, uh, maybe two years ago, and it was just. Perfect. I got mm-hmm. to like, take a real break from work stuff and the three of us just got to enjoy each other. I took Jane on walks to the beach all the time and uh, she really loved it. She was just at the age where she was able to like be communicating about it and you could tell she really enjoyed it. So I'd want to go back there. I mean, Roy and Bert have just been around for a couple months. So, like, I don't really want to go back any farther than this. <laughs> yeah. It was just weeping and gnashing of teeth up until recently. And we're still doing some of that. So, I, I like, with them, I'd be, like, go back to yesterday, the yeah, day yeah. maybe. Yeah, whatever the doing. closest
0: to today was, because yeah. that's the yeah. farthest from the pain. Can we go
2: forward? Can I go forward? Is that a possibility? That's
1: <laughs> true. That's a great and accurate and honest answer. I yeah. agree. Uh, What is the one thing that you want your kids to know?
2: I think I would want them to know that you should work hard at things and that it's good to strive for something unique and cool, but also it's better to probably make peace with where you are Mm. because the best stuff isn't the stuff that you like try to amass or accumulate. The best stuff is going to be like, I was a good, honest person. and I love the people around me. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like in our culture right now, there's so much of like, but you'd really be happy if you quit your job and started a shoe company. And I want to be like, (laughs) I did the shoe company. I'm not any happier than Mm -hmm. anybody else. And so I would just hope that they are equipped with the knowledge of like, Hey, like you need to work hard at stuff. And also like, you're not going to be any happier than you probably are right now. So like, don't live your life being like, if I could only it's like, no, it's right here. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's a great word. That was really impressive. Yeah. All right. So we end all of them with this question, which I love this question and I love hearing what everybody has to say. Um, so last question, what do you want your kids to say at your funeral?
2: Hmm. Whoa, gosh. I mean, just, I
1: need like a week to think about each of these things. (laughs) Was this what people usually say?
0: Yeah. Everybody's been
1: really quick and so fast.
0: My favorite one still take your time, Ben. Okay. My favorite one still is we had Harrison Scott Key on who's an author who's hysterical, but his immediate answer was oh false alarm. (laughs) <laughs> that's
2: really good wow that's really good i wish i, love, I could have come up with that <laughs>
0: i love that one. uh i hope they say he loved me mm, that's so great oh, i love that you just got me crying oh that's so true and geez you really got me Hold on him why is that the truth yeah you know like of all the things it just feels like what a gift a parent can you know i just think that's so true well said Jeez, sure because
2: i think anything else would probably actually be about me you know what i mean Mm. and i think that would mean (laughs) i did a good job if they're just like yeah he loved me
0: well done my man he's been throwing the deuce as you leave dadville (laughs) that was a strong this is the part of the parade where we turn the corner.
1: <laughs> <And>
0: they, <laughs> Your teeth the are bloody.
1: <laughs> the crowd is gone. Ben, thank you so much for doing this. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Thank
2: Thanks so
0: much.
1: Thank, thank, thank you guys for having me.
0: And especially now that you're a pro with the three kids and the two twins. like You're coming in oh, hot yeah. with that with experience.
2: Such a pro that I'm just like, will we make it another day? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're doing it right.
2: That okay, means you're around good. enough. If, if that means we're doing it, if that's the marker of doing it right, then we are right on. <laughs> you're going. Right
0: yeah, on. thanks so much. And two, I want to give a shout out. I don't know when this is going to come out, but you do have new music uh, that's coming out. You just released the Thanksgiving song, which I'm not going to get into how mad, and I love you. You're one of my favorite people in the world. And how unbelievably mad I was when you posted that freaking song. I was like, <laughs> how did not... Think of this! Oh my gosh,
1: the Thanksgiving song. I think I've thought about it before, uh, maybe, and just thought, nah, it's too hard. We can't do it. <laughs> I thought when I started writing it, I thought for
2: sure, for sure, that it existed in mass no. quantity.
1: I want Spotify Truly. to do the editorial Thanksgiving playlist, and there be one song on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> from sure. your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> And I will say the video is so great. And it's the kind of thing where you can't stop watching it because you just want to see, okay, I just want to see what one more thing. How'd they do the next line? It was so well done. And the fact that just you and Jane did that on your iPhone (laughs) is amazing.
2: Did you know the guy that did that? It's no CGI. He made all those things. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Which to me, I'm still like, how did long did that really? take him? I have no idea. What's funny is
0: he started years ago.
2: Yeah. He did it before the song. So he's
0: obviously a co-writer. <laughs> yeah. And then Christmas music, right? Don't you have an EP coming out?
2: Yes. Uh, a Ben Rector Christmas Ooh. comes out uh, this Friday, actually. So it will be already be out.
0: Yeah, yeah. All three of us have Christmas music coming out this Friday. The world is not ready. You you guys all come out this Friday too. Yeah, yeah. mine's just a single, so it won't. It won't. Actually, be I didn't know yours was coming
1: out. So and neither <laughs> yours, Dave. So I don't. I think I'm going to do mine uh, 2022 now.
0: <laughs>
1: so, we gonna, may not be around. then. I'm going to give it yeah. even two
0: years buffer, just <laughs> just to be safe. Um. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on, man. You're the best.
2: Absolutely, good to see you guys
0: all you wonderful beautiful kind people thank you so much for listening to the episode if you have a second please make sure to subscribe rate and write a review unless it's bad because that stuff really does matter and please follow us on socials you can find us everywhere at dadville podcast
1: also you can follow us each at dave barnes music and at john mclaughlin to find out more about our music thanks for listening that